Hi, welcome to the Grief Awakening Podcast. My name is Elise Duzo, and I'm a grief coach and Reiki practitioner here in Nashville, Tennessee. I help guide others who are grieving to reignite their relationships with their loved ones on the other side, helping them ease the ache of grief. This is a podcast where we can have open conversations about grief and loss, mediumship, science, and I'll even tell you my story as a young widow. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit that follow button. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram and intuitively underscore Elise. Enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Grief Awakening. I almost said the Connection Podcast. Uh, Can you tell I've been doing a lot of podcasting? Um, For those of you who don't know, the Connection Podcast is my other podcast that I share and co-host with my best friend, Megan Gill. Um, You can find us over there on Thursdays. That's when we air new episodes. So definitely check that out as well. But I'm so glad you're here for Grief Awakening today. Um, We're going to be interviewing a guest today. Her name's Samantha Jones, or she also goes by Sammy. And I'm excited to introduce her to you. Um, Before we get into that, I kind of wanted to talk about this really crazy, vivid dream that I had this week. Um, For those of you who don't know, this week was kind of a big astrological event, Um, the Lionsgate portal. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably heard of it by now, but 8-8, August 8th, 2023. And every year on August 8th is considered the Lionsgate portal. And it's actually like a span of a couple days. I believe this year it goes until August 12th, um, which would be Saturday. And um, it's kind of this really amazing time for setting intentions for things that you would like to create or manifest in your life, in your world. Um I know there's a big history behind it. I watched some really amazing videos on Instagram. I've shared them to my stories. You might have seen them um, just about the history of the Lionsgate portal. But anyway, along with it being a great time for manifesting, the veil is also really thin, meaning that our connection to spirit to the other side tends to be a little stronger during these big astrological events where certain planets are aligned in a certain way. Um, there's there's all this stuff that goes into it that I don't quite have a grasp on to be able to explain to you fully. But basically, during this time, our connection to the other side will be stronger. Your dreams will be a lot more vivid. Um, so maybe this week you may have experienced some really crazy vivid dreams. I know I did. Some of my friends did. My mom even did. <laughs> um, so one of those dreams that I had, and it was actually... Um, it was on 8-8, so on August 8th, I had a dream about my partner, Jared. And for those of you who don't know, it's quite rare uh, and definitely not as frequent as I would like it to be that I have a dream of him or a visitation from him. Um, but I will say he's definitely been a little more um, active in my in my dreams this year. Um and as long as I keep asking for them, they, he will show up. So that's one of the key things that I tell people and people who I'm working with who are going through grief is that you can ask your loved ones to visit you in your dreams. If that's the preferred way you like to connect with them, let them know that. I have found that this absolutely kind of like sends the message out to them, the signal like, hey, you can visit me this way. 
Maybe you don't want to receive signs. Maybe you don't want to hear their voice in your head. <laughs> um, but your comfortable dreams, definitely tell them that and watch how they show up for you. So in this specific dream, Jared and I were at some kind of outdoor concert. It was like definitely a like an event or um, a festival, a music festival, something going on. There was lots and lots of people. I knew we were there with with other friends, but kind of like the moment I jumped into the dream was Jared pulling me out to like the area where the live music was, where everyone was standing around watching and listening to this artist performing. I have no idea who it was. Um, (laughs) And he pulled me out there to dance with me. And this is definitely not something that we would do in public a lot. Like our kind of ritual was dancing in the kitchen on Sunday mornings as we make breakfast. And I know that sounds so cheesy, (laughs) but truly that was like our little like romantic movie moments that we would have as cooking pancakes and, you know, you flip your pancakes and then we'd grab each other and, and dance around to whatever music we were listening to, typically Jack Johnson. So I'm sure you can picture that in your head. Um, it was always very, very sweet. And so even if we would go to like a wedding or something like that, we didn't typically get up. We weren't like big dancers. So um, he grabs me in the dream and he pulls me out onto, the, we'll call it the dance floor. And he's, you know, swinging me around, moving me. So I'll twirl, like all these very like fancy dance moves. And I'm just laughing and like grinning ear to ear being with him. And then it was like the moment where we like come together and then we're just like holding each other that it dawned on me like how safe I felt being in his arms. Not only did this feel super real, super vivid, but just the, I was actually feeling into what it feels like to be with him and be in his arms. And it was really just such a beautiful moment. And it also dawned on me that like, I haven't had that in the last three years. Like I've been seeking that that same feeling. And I almost forgot that I was missing it until I had it again for just a moment. So it was really, really beautiful. And also they can be hard to wake up from. Like I was very elated and excited and super grateful to have experienced that vision, that dream with him. Um, But throughout the day after it happened, I definitely felt a little more emotional, just kind of really missing those little dancing in the kitchen moments with him and feeling so safe and just knowing that I have like an equal and capable partner who supports me um, and just missing that, missing that energy. So it was very, very sweet and also very, very hard. As those of you know who have visitation dreams, um, there's always a duality there. So just thought I would share that with you and I do think visitation dreams are so powerful, which is why I've done a whole episode here on the podcast for to go over dreams and the types of dreams that you can have. Um, I'll link that in the show notes if you haven't listened to it yet. Definitely check it out. But also in um, the Reignite Grief Coaching Container that starts September 11th, we're going to be talking about dreams and visitation dreams, as well as each person who signs up is receiving their own dream journal to write down and reflect on any dreams that they experience, whether it's a visitation dream or not. Um, And just so they can see how that progresses through our time working together over three months. So I'm very, very excited for everyone to get their hands on that as well. Okay, so I'd like to introduce this week's guest, Samantha Jones, aka Sammy. 
Um, Sammy reached out to me to tell me a little bit about her story, and I, and it really struck a chord with me. Samantha is an accountability coach for this group called the Shrinking Tribe on Instagram, where she helps women who are moving through a health and wellness journey. But other than that, she's also very, very intuitive, and we share the same mentor. My Reiki master teacher is her mentor, um, medium in the middle, Stephanie Camille. I've mentioned her quite a few times here on this podcast, and that's how we're connected. Um, Samantha reached out to me to tell me her story and about her connection to death and dying and throughout her life experiencing death and knowing this intuitive feeling of when someone was about to pass. And we talk about those experiences as well as her experience just with grief in general and her own losses and how that has shaped her and what her plans are moving forward to potentially use this gift ability or show how she's going to show up in the spiritual space. She's also planning on releasing a podcast very, very soon called The Aligned Essence. So when that's available, I will have that in the show notes for you guys to get to. Um, but without further ado, this is my conversation with Samantha Jones. Samantha, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited you're on. I know that you and I share a lot of synchronicity in um, not our story so much, but people we know, people we're aligned with. Um, and so when you reached out to tell me a little bit about your, about your story um, growing up and kind of what your intuitive gift is, I was really, really intrigued. So can you kind of just give us a background about who you are, where you're from, um, what it was like growing up, knowing that you have this connection to death and dying? Yeah, um, I'm from Canada, BC. Um, and I have always had a weird connection to death where I feel it before it happens. And then as a result, I'm kind of present for death, which is weird. It never made any sense to me. And it still doesn't. I'm trying to figure it out. But now looking back, it's just happened so often that I now through mentorship and journaling and my own growth have realized um, how often it happened and now how to recognize it in different ways. So I think it started when I was about 14. My best friend, who was um, Jehovah Witness at the time, she wasn't allowed to celebrate Christmas in her religion. However, had a boyfriend and wanted to celebrate with him. So her family reached out asking where she was. And I was like, oh, this is a sign that she needs to be present for her grandma. And so I contacted her. I went and picked her up. I brought her to the hospice. And her dad was like, you need to go in and talk to grandma. And she was absolutely in denial. Like, no, I can't do that. And I was like, what if I go with you? Like, I think it's really important for you to go in. So we went in and she looked at her grandma and she just said, she said, I, I want to thank you for teaching me that love is duty, not words. And in that moment, her grandma took her last breath. And we felt the change in temperature of her body. We just saw her go. And it was so evident to me that she waited to hear from my friend. And my friend like has completely blocked that memory out of her own life. But I hold on to it because it was such a like pivotal time for me. Mm. And from then on, I was like, you just taught me a lesson that 
and love is duty, not words. And like, we have to perform that duty every day. If we want to show love or receive love, we need to ask for duty. And so the process of grief in that taught me that valuable lesson in love. And so I think that that was like the first time it was super evident in my life. And then it happened again when my grandfather passed away. Um, I was just like driving to work and the sky was just a different color. And I just had these feelings in my chest. And what I've learned is that when you get feelings in your chest, they're often for other people, not for yourself. So you need to learn to brush them away or how to act on them. Yeah. Does that feel like, like a so, tightness, like a tightness in your chest? Yes, like, okay. I just get like tight and I have to take deep breaths but mm-hmm. more than normal. Like I have to really like focus on breath work and I'm like, why am I feeling so tight? And so these are the things that happen, but the sky always has a different color to it. I can't even explain it, but it's the way the sky is. It turns like almost purple for me. And so I busted a U-turn and drove back to the hospital. And I was like, nope, I need to be with my family, not at work. And I literally have never missed work in my life. Like this was super weird to do something like that, but he died an hour later in my arms and it was the weirdest thing. So twice now I have had these weird experiences where I've had to turn around. I've had to be present. Like my intuitive nudges have guided me to be present for, for these passings. And I guess I never really knew what they meant, but now I'm starting to pay attention to how, like I did so much searching, soul searching on grief and what grief meant and kind of how to adjust to grief and grief shows up in our life in so many ways, not just death. Like we grieve the loss of loved ones. We grieve change. We grieve through like for me, my brother became a quadriplegic the day after his 19th birthday. Mm -hmm. And that injury was literally grieving. It happened to my entire family in different ways. All of us grieved in different ways. All of us now live out our life in different ways. And so for me, I think I always feel guided to help people when they don't recognize grief because it can store in your body like trauma. And I think that like finding things that fuel you and energize you, like for me, it's yoga. If I didn't find yoga, I don't think I would have recognized any of this or opened any of these gates. So that's my life in a nutshell. Did you ever try to like talk to your mom and explain this feeling to her and be like, I knew, I knew grandpa was going to pass. Like, did you ever try to have those conversations with adults around you? Like the first time this was coming up? Uh, I've talked to my grandma quite a bit about it because she's very similar. Um, She didn't, she doesn't have the same like knowing that somebody's going to pass, but she definitely can like know when things are going to happen. And she's definitely very spiritual connected. She has a lot of dream visits. So we've always talked spiritual and we're both very open and aware of when things happen around us. And we've always talked about them, but I don't think either of us have ever been in a position to act spiritually. We just have had conversations around it and we still do. Like I still phone her on the phone and talk to her all the time. So when I had my first medium reading after my grandpa passed and she has medium readings all the time. I asked her to be present because I had fear that if I were to tell somebody what was happening or what was said, that they would think I'm lying. So I was like, can you be present so that you hear what I hear? And 
it was amazing because through the medium, my grandfather came through and he described to the medium, my grandma sitting there listening in and how she was in her necklace mm. and how she was out of and directly visualized on the call, but she was sitting down on the stairs and she was clutching a necklace. But that came through the medium that day. And I was like, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So it's always been super evident to me. And then I was like in line for a stag up for a friend. And a guy came up to me. He's like, I need to do your reading. I'm from Venice Beach, California. I'm in this town because I'm visiting my daughter. You can Google me. I'm legit. But when people have the same energy as you, you just have to connect with them. And it was super weird. But when we sat down, I was like, sure, I'm always open to this kind of stuff. He said, I feel that you're one of me. And I was like, okay. He's like, you always know when people are the same. And I was like, okay, I didn't really know what that meant. But then he's like, have you been trying to get pregnant? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you have a little girl already. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, stop trying. He's like, you're going to have another little girl. He's like, when one of you turns 33, you're going to have another little girl. And she's going to be sent to you to teach you a lot of lessons. Mm. And I was like, okay. He's like, you're going to have a job where you work in law enforcement and it's going to change your life. It's like, I don't know what that means yet, but it's going to change your life. I'm like, okay. So I walked away from all of this going, don't really know what to take from this, but I'm going to call my mom and tell her about this experience. So this was probably the first time I called my mom to tell her about an experience that happened because it was so random and she always watched the Long Island medium shows. Yeah. Yeah. So I phoned her. I'm like, Mom, I just had a Teresa Caputo moment. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> came up to me. Like, yeah. it was out of nowhere. And I told her. And then, so fast forward a few years, my husband turned 33. We had another little girl. She had a stroke at birth. So she mm-hmm. taught us a lot of lessons. And yeah, so I look back now and I'm like, all these things that, came to me and messages and intuitively and without even searching to them were all things that were aligned in my life and that changed my life in such profound ways and so I just feel very connected to grief because I feel like I had to go through so much grief in order to have these moments Mm -hmm. and so when I actually found your podcast searching grief I was like, wow, this girl is amazing. And her story is so amazing. And I just need to connect with her. And then it's just bizarre that we had stuff in common in terms of mentorship. Yeah. So so who Samantha's talking about is um, Stephanie Camille meeting in the middle. I've mentioned her quite a few times on this podcast. So shout out to Steph, if you're listening. Um, she's my Reiki master teacher. And I recommend her to literally everyone if you're wanting to learn Reiki. Um, so having this like, let's call it a gift or ability to feel or have a deep knowing when someone is coming to end of life. Has that ever felt scary for you? Or have you you ever gone to like, I don't know, even talk to your guides and be like, I don't know if I want to know this information or is it just something that you've accepted? I I guess I've never really even thought about it. I think it just, I've always believed that life happens for you, not to you. So 
I'm like, I was meant to hear this because I can handle it or I'm going to help somebody as a result. Like it just mm-hmm. kind of came to me and I, I, I mean, I didn't wear it forever and I just know how to cope with it. Um, sometimes I don't know how to deliver the message or why I'm being told it. And it doesn't come to me till later on when I do some reflection or something else happens. And I'm like, ah, that's why I knew that. Or, you know, um, I haven't quite figured out how to connect some of the things that happen. I mean, I can definitely, when it happens for me, like my granddad and my friend's grandma, that was so much easier to figure out. But when it happens to somebody else, and it's more indirect, Mm -hmm. it's harder for me to understand, but it still happens to me. And I don't know why. And I mean, I can handle it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure yet, because I just started to get more open with all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more I write, the more I talk, and the more people I connect with, the more it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm on it. But I believe like, have you ever heard the expression memento mori? Mm-mm. It's basically like saying death is certain and life is not. And so I think for me, that's how I handle grief and death is to believe that we're here to live our best life and that death is certain. We're all going to die. Life yeah. is not promised. So yeah. we don't get to say when it's our time or how long we'll be here, but we get to say and how we're here and mm-hmm. why we're here. Mm-hmm. So I think that like every day, I genuinely try to make the best of every single day. I try to lead from a place of gratitude. I try to influence people in ways that I want to be influenced. I try to build connections that are aligned with my values. And yeah, because if I died tomorrow, hopefully somebody would stand up at my funeral and say the things that I want in my life are true of what their experience was with me in their life. Yeah. I think everyone listening can probably resonate with what you just said. We, we are all victims of not victims, but we've experienced deep loss and we know that life is life is temporary. Death is certain. Right. Um, so you've been working with Steph a little bit. Have you been just working kind of to develop this intuitive, um, feeling like, what do you see yourself doing with this going forward? Do you have any idea of like where this, what this is going to be used for, what your purpose is with this? I don't, I think first step is to just have the courage to have my own podcast so that I can continue to connect with people. I think that through connections, so much is built and developed and I love people and I love talking to people and I've never really considered it a business because it's always just been such a passion Mm -hmm. So now that I'm realizing that you should do what you love in your job, I'm starting to think more about how can it align as a business. But Mm -hmm. I think to start, it just needs to be from a place of connecting with people and figuring it out. Because even I quit my job after 16 years, which was huge, but so amazing because I work with new people, new environment. It's just so much more aligned with who I want to be. I feel more free. I don't feel as like confined to the standards of how people want to hold me. Mm-hmm. And we were on a work field trip learning. And one of the girls I work with was like, how come every time I'm with you, we run into somebody that needs help. She's like, you're an angel on earth. You're always around when somebody needs something. 
Aww. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Thank you for telling me that that's how you feel. But because it just comes naturally to me and it's always happened. Like I was standing in line at Starbucks a week after taking my level two first aid and somebody started having a seizure in front of me and I was able to catch them, turn them on their side and knew how to respond. And then we were on this field trip somebody that was blind walking with their cane stopped me and asked me for directions. And then I knew so much about white cane training and people that are blind that I knew how to direct them in a, because I knew that they couldn't see me. So I knew how to talk to them and direct them. Mm. And then I saw somebody trying to carry like a walker down the stairs. And I was like, Oh, that must be really hard for them to keep their balance on those steep stairs and carry that. So I walked over and carried it down for them. And it just kind of happens for me all the time where I'm in these positions to help people or guide people. And I guess I never realized the synchronicity of how that can align with helping others in a business way. Yeah. I have to figure it out. Like I love being an accountability coach in the shrinking tribe. I, I do that as a volunteer position. I really enjoy it. I think yeah. that changing your mindset and your habits is just the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I don't know much about that. What is the, is it the shrinking tribe you said? Yeah. So I met somebody online through the surgery center that I was having surgery at and she runs a business called the shrinking tribe. And it's basically a coaching business to help people with their mindset and habits and in turn, the results are weight loss. So it's not like, okay. Weight Watchers, where they tell you to calculate points or eat a certain way. It's just more like teaching you how to eat intuitively based on like your water, your nutrition, your habits, your mindset. And she coaches three times a week and has accountability Zoom groups. And then I did it. I lost 80 pounds. I had skin removal surgery and felt so much better myself and learned so much through the process. Like I said, I was able to talk on a Zoom group even like. It changed my life in so many more ways than weight loss that I wanted to give back to people starting on their journey. So I'm now an accountability coach in the tribe. Mm-hmm. And um, I think through doing that, I've realized that maybe I need to branch out and do something for myself. I, I mean, I love it and I'm so indebted to the tribe. I think it's totally changed my life and I watch it change so many people's lives. The testimonies are amazing. Um, yeah. So I have this podcast to start. Lots of episodes written. I just need to launch and record, but it'll be the Aligned Essence and it'll just be a space to align energies and chat with people just like this and connect with people who are doing things and share what they're doing. And Yeah, I just would love to be a platform for people and just talk back and forth and connect. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be really exciting and an amazing space when you do decide to finally release it. Um, You'll have to update us so we can update everyone and let them know where to find that. Um, I find that like when you're an intuitive person, I mean, everyone is intuitive, but when you have this intuitive um, ability that is made to help others and you start working one-on-one with people like you are in that group, um, it's almost like your intuition just comes into play no matter what the topic is that you're discussing like health and wellness for sure you're using your intuitive your like your own intuition to probably help guide them and push them in certain directions or support them in a way that they wouldn't get from somebody from just a regular coach you know so 
I have no doubt that like working one-on-one with people has probably been like this light bulb moment for you of like, oh, maybe I do need to do this in another capacity and use my gift for you. It's your connection to end of life and, and, um, grief specifically, like, I have no doubt that'll show up for you in another way, working one-on-one. Have you ever heard of um, a death doula? I have, because Steph actually mentioned it to me at the end of our mentorship that I should consider looking into that. Yeah. And I have looked into it, and I was actually surprised because I had looked into becoming a birth doula at one point, because I was very connected to the beginning of life as well. Like, I've been in the room for two friends delivering their babies, and I just had the most adrenaline I've ever had from that experience it's indescribable being in the room with somebody when they give birth Mm. so I have very similar experiences with end of life to beginning of life like it's so beautiful how connected they both are and how you have the same aha experiences when life is born or when life is lost I think it teaches you so many lessons and it's such a beautiful space to be in either and I've been really fortunate to have both experiences. So I looked into birth doula. Um, it was a much longer course than the death doula. But I also realized when I had a few coworkers pass on that um, a lot of people are not capable of doing the paperwork that comes along with death. And mm-hmm. um, they don't know what to do. Like they're not prepared. Just like, you know, when you give birth, maybe you don't know, but they give you like a pamphlet that says you need to register for a birth certificate and you need to do this and da 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 And there isn't a lot of um, support around what to do with death. And I w- had wondered for a long time, how do you support people through this? How can you like assist people through this transition? And so I did start looking into it. I haven't registered. I don't know if I'm going to, but um, it is something that I have looked into and considered. Yeah, it's crazy that you brought that up because I've I've had that exact conversation with so many people in the last week about um, end of life planning and the things that we could be doing to help support our loved ones towards the end of their life to help set everything up so that when they do finally pass, you're not left with this big mountain of things that you have to do and you know exactly what your loved one wanted at the end of life. Um And I think that is part of being an end of life doula as well, like kind of um, end of life planning or, or advanced care planning. Some people call it that. Um, I literally just randomly met someone last night in like a hardware store. And I was having a conversation with this girl who was helping me out and she was helping us choose tile for this, my friend's bathroom remodel. And she starts telling me when we're checking out that her, um, her dad had passed away and she was telling me the struggles that she had gone through trying to um, sort stuff out after his passing and helping her mom do that. And now she's taking care of her grandparents who are at the end of their life and they're in hospice care. And like, she's trying to sort and plan all those things for them. And there's just not enough uh, dialogue or information out there on how to do those things. So I think it's so important that conversation. I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, Definitely a conversation that needs to be had and I think is a space that's not filled. So even if like you moving into that space of helping people towards the end of their life, that would be a beautiful aspect of it to dive into also. Yeah. I think so many more people should start planning 
their death while they're alive and healthy and not see it as such a morbid experience because I think that the more answers you give people in your life the easier it is for them to plan for you when you cross over and that's just from learned experience from going through so many deaths and transitions that you don't know what you don't know until you're there and then not enough people speak about it when they are there it's like a shame it's, it's a shame space that isn't brought up enough and it shouldn't be like I went on a trip for the first time out of the country without my kids and I was like part of planning this trip needs to be getting a will done and I went and got a will done and I learned so much in just making a will about how to plan for my kids and what I need to do and it's it was a super simple process but I learned so much like they say you shouldn't identify a couple as caregivers for your kids because if anything happens with that couple, then you create more havoc in your children's lives. So identifying one person is so much more important. But until you go to make will, you don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that like it's really important to start planning. Like I've heard you talk on your podcast about urns and how and with people who develop urns and you know, why not start plot planning or urn planning now so that it's paid off and people don't have to think about that expense later. Like factor that into your life because death is so certain. So why are we not planning for the certain things in our life? Mm -hmm. It's not to say that it's going to happen tomorrow or that it's a morbid experience. But I mean, I read a book called The Lovely Bones. Have you ever read it? I haven't. No. It's such a cool book. I read it in grade nine, but it changed the way I think about death. Um, It's written from the perspective of a girl who's in heaven and there's actually a show on it too like they created um, a movie so you could watch yeah the movie. isn't there a netflix movie about yeah that? it's I think called I the lovely bones but yeah, it's I like the perspective of a girl looking down from heaven and describing her life from the other side and i was thinking like her funeral was the most popular day of her life why why do we hesitate about putting money into having who we want in a wedding but they'll show up to our funeral because once you're gone people don't care about that expense Mm -hmm. So it just sort of, I think death connected me more to life, to being more present in life. And so it just became less scary for me and better planned and just something to have in conversation naturally without thinking of it as taboo or morbid and just became comfortable to me. And like grief happens in so many different ways. Like I said, so once you're more open to talking about it, it just kind of ebbs and flows like I've just had so many things in my life with a fire in our office that burnt down our office and so Mm -hmm. like we grieve the loss of being together and being separated and the loss of our building and having that change was grief like I think we still all have feelings about that day and what we experienced that live with us and so it's just very easy to like take an experience that you grieve through and connect with somebody who's lost somebody and know that that's going to ebb and flow out of their life for the rest of their life. It's going to be something that they always live with. And so just learning to navigate that and provide tools to people through that and helping people plan is just something I really love doing, but I just don't know what that looks like yet. Yeah. I think people are so uncomfortable with talking about that because they're uncomfortable with death in general and they're uncomfortable with grief in general because it's not normalized to have those conversations. So that's definitely the direction we need to be moving into. And hopefully um, future conversations you have in your podcast, your future podcast as well, will 
help bring those conversations to light. Um, just kind of to wrap this up, can you kind of tell everyone like how they could connect with you? How can they work with you, whether that's for health and wellness or um, eventually as we you move into your death doula or anything else that you decide to work on? The health and wellness stuff is the shrinking tribe and that's Erin shrinking on Instagram. If anybody wants to connect to health and wellness, highly recommend her. I don't work one-on-one with people through her group. I just help out with accountability in the tribe. So Mm -hmm. if people are posting, I'm responding and helping them that way and encouraging them. I'm, I was in hosting, like helping host Zoom groups for a while. I helped her cover for six weeks when she recovered from surgery in terms of leading challenges and whatnot. So it's kind of come with different roles depending on what push she runs in six week pushes. Highly recommend it if anybody's looking for mindset or habit coach. She is amazing. Um, and then myself, I am on Instagram. I just changed my name back to my real name so that people can find me. It's Sammy Shay Jones. And that's because Samantha Jones is so common. There's so many <laughs> Samantha Jones out there. So yeah, it's I'm just sure. what everybody calls me Sammy Shay, which is my middle name. I just went back to my real name on Instagram because for a long time I was hidden. And so, yeah, it's a little bit more open. And I just put the name of the podcast on my Instagram. So when it launches, everybody will know when it launches. Amazing. Well, as soon as that's out, I will update the show notes here so everyone can get to it. Um, It was so good to talk to you, Sammy. And thank you so much for sharing your insight on grief and death and how that's grown for you. Um, excited to see what comes up for you here in the future. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Grief Awakening Podcast. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave it a rating and a review, and don't forget to hit that plus sign button or the follow button so you don't miss another episode. As always, any resources mentioned during this episode will be listed in the show notes below. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to do so via email or on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.